Every day, the Rundown podcast keeps you in the loop about the people and places that shape Chicago. The show is possible thanks to the ongoing support of listeners like you who understand the value of our work to keep you engaged. Support the Rundown podcast at wbez.org slash rundown donate. And thank you. Good morning. I'm Adora Namigade, and this is The Rundown. Doses of the new COVID-19 vaccine are arriving in Chicago, according to my colleague Claire Lane. The city health department says it will have enough supply to begin hosting regular vaccination clinics next week. Public health officials say they've received a total of more than 14,000 doses of the Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna vaccines over the past week. And so far, the city has distributed those vaccines to more than 40 federally qualified health centers and nearly 100 vaccine for children providers. As supply increases, the city will expand its provider list. Pharmacies like Walgreens and CVS are primarily responsible for ordering their own doses. On October 2nd, the City Health Department will begin hosting roughly 80 free seasonal flu and COVID clinics at aldermanic ward offices, city colleges, and at city walk-in clinics. Next week, the full clinic schedule will be posted on shy.gov flu. And over the weekend, Chicagoans flocked to the Cook County Forest Preserves to celebrate the 30th year of National Public Lands Day. My colleague, Tessa Weinberg, interviewed Jefferson Park resident Katie Riggs. Riggs says she comes to Labaw Woods to bike, hike, and birdwatch, and loves having nature so close by. People work so hard to keep it in good shape and bring back native plants and increase the biodiversity of the area, which is amazing in the middle of a huge city. Tessa also talks to Juan Song with Open Lands, a nonprofit conservation organization. Song says one way to advocate for nature is just to go outside. By using the park uh, services, by using the forest preserves, you're actually helping with the maintenance and the ongoing care of our uh, natural resources. There are 70,000 acres of the Cook County Forest Preserves to explore. And in other happenings over the weekend, the National Museum of Mexican Art in Pilsen opened its Dia de los Muertos exhibit. The museum has dedicated the exhibit to thousands of people who died earlier this year in earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. It also memorializes community members who have died recently, including Chicago theater icon Mirna Salazar. My colleague Brenda Ruiz interviewed exhibit visitor Annabelle Patino on Sunday. Patino says it really helped her understand her own Mexican roots. This exhibit being here really kind of opens that like cultural and tradition to the area. Maybe there's people like me that don't celebrate it or know about it, but you know, like it could help them. The exhibit continues through December 10th. Chicagoans will see leaves start to change as early as next week. My colleague Anna Savchenka reports experts are saying fall colors will peak in Illinois by mid-October. Sunshine and cooler evenings toward the tail end of summer help make these displays flashier. But extreme weather can stress trees out. And Chicago Botanic Garden plant curator Jessica Gaylor says droughts like the kind experienced in April can make trees shed their leaves prematurely. You'll see residual stress in trees two to three years later. So... What we're seeing now, we might not actually see, you know, stress until a couple of years from now. Tree experts say that this fall looks promising, as long as Chicago doesn't freeze over. They recommend looking out for maple trees and oak trees in city parks and nearby forest preserves. 
And some quick things you should know today. Illinois' Climate and Equitable Jobs Act has seen little progress toward building out equitable jobs in the green energy sector. That's according to Chicago Sun-Times reporter Brett Chase and Inside Climate News reporter Dan Guirino. Chase says the state has yet to train anyone, and they're planning to start programs next year. The law was passed by state lawmakers two years ago in an effort to fight climate change. At least two Chicago City Council members have chosen not to accept a pay raise set to go into effect next year. This year's pay bump, which is tied to the rate of inflation, is 2.24%. Alderpersons Rosana Rodriguez Sanchez and Byron Cicho Lopez chose not to take the raise, according to documents WBUZ obtained. The city's budget office would not confirm if the remaining officials, or even the mayor, accepted the raise. Instead, the office said details will be released in the mayor's budget proposal next month. On Friday, Chicago-area workers for automakers GM and Stellantis joined the United Auto Workers strike. Nearly 200 workers at plants in Bolingbrook and Naperville are taking shifts picketing. They're demanding cost-of-living increases, profit-sharing, and job security. They also want an end to a tiered system for wages. UAW has not expanded the strike for Ford plants. The union says the company has made progress in talks. And today's weather, it's going to be cloudy and the high will reach the low 70s. And then tomorrow we should see some scattered thunderstorms, with the temperatures reaching the high 60s. Later today, Chicago appears to be on the verge of ending the subminimum wage for tipped workers. City Council votes on that next month. But what's going to happen in the future when restaurant goers are asked to tip? I'm not sure. We got to kind of dig down deep and look into the soul of the Chicago diner. Ashok Selvam is the editor at Chicago Eater. My fellow Rundown host Aaron Allen talks with him about what we can expect next in a post-subminimum wage world. That's today at 2. I'm Adora Namigade. Thanks for listening.